You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. I want to kind of begin a series of messages, and I want to kind of use as one of the central scriptures is something that Paul wrote about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and in verse 23, and he says this, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly or completely. And he says, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in that very particular verse there, Paul is kind of acknowledging the makeup of mankind. As human beings, we were created by God with a spirit, a soul, and a body. And if you're a Christ follower, part of God's plan and purpose for our lives as believers is to preserve us blameless until Jesus comes back again. Now, interestingly, most of us kind of know what Paul means when he talks about that word, the body. He's talking about flesh, bones, our blood, our outer physical body. However, there seems to be a lot of confusion around the meaning of the word spirit and soul. As a matter of fact, you'll often find that people kind of use those two terms uh, interchangeably and they kind of think that they're both one and the same. And that's just simply not accurate. So what I'd like to do this morning is I want to kind of uh, begin this series of messages by kind of breaking down those three words, body, soul, and spirit, and then talk about their specific function. So let me just start by talking about the basic framework of how God created mankind and designed each one of us. Now again, Genesis chapter one kind of tells us that God created mankind in his image and in his likeness. And there in verses 26 and 27, uh, it says, let us make man in our image and our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Now again, as the Godhead, and Paul refers to the Godhead there in Colossians chapter 2 verse 9, it's what we uh, in Christianity would refer to as the Trinity. Uh, so the Godhead is comprised of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So God is three persons consisting of one essence. And God created mankind in his image and his likeness so that we are also a three-part being. So there is mankind the body, mankind the soul, mankind the spirit. There are three distinct different parts, yet we look or think of ourselves as one body or one person. So again, the body is uh, your earth suit. It's the house you live in. It's interesting in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, the apostle Paul refers to the physical body as a tent. So, you know, if you look around the room this morning, you could say this room is full of tents, different shapes, different sizes, colors. Uh, so not only are we the body of Christ, Paul would also say we're a campground, right? So your body is obvious, 
It is the physical part of you that is reflected in a mirror. Your body is the container of your soul and your spirit. Now, what you need to know is that the body is dead. Or, or another way of, of expressing this is that your physical body is constantly moving toward death. You've all probably heard the saying, from dust you have come to dust you shall return. That's the idea there. So the moment we are physically born, okay, you enter into a process by which you begin moving toward death. You're moving away from birth. You're moving toward death. And you're doing that moment by moment, day by day. Romans 8, chapter 10 says, and if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. So one of the results of sin, which got its start way back there in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, is death. It's one of the things that came out of that whole experience. And the moment sin entered into uh, the world and infected mankind, one of the consequences was physical death, is that our, our physical body started moving toward death. And that death sentence has been passed down to every generation since. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, the wages or the payment of sin is death. And that death that Paul's talking about there is a spiritual death, which ultimately uh, results in physical death. So Paul's saying, because of sin, this body, this physical body is dead or it is moving toward death. Now, interestingly, one way to, to describe the physical body is as the child in the house. Now, the physical body is, is described or thought of that way because uh, like a child, uh, our, our physical body gets hungry, it gets sleepy, it gets tired, it gets self-centered, it gets self-absorbed, it's always wanting and needing attention. Now, if you think describing your physical body, thinking of your physical body as a child in the house, if you think that's an exaggeration or an overstatement, try fasting sometime where you deprive the physical body of food and all you, you take in is water. I mean, try that for a day or two and you'll discover just how quickly, how true it is when your body starts screaming and throwing a temper tantrum. I'm hungry, feed me. That's the physical body. That's the child in the house. Now, the soul can be described as that which is from your shoulders up. It's comprised of the mind, the will, emotions. It's your conscience. It's your personality. That word soul comes from the Greek word where we get our word psyche or psychiatric or psychology. And it really kind of refers to the, the, the mind realm. So if you and I were talking face to face, you would be seeing my body. However, you would be speaking to my soul, which is my mental, my emotional part. Now, whereas the body is dead, the soul is in need of being renewed, restored, and renovated. 
This is what Paul wrote in Romans 12, chapter two. He says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the soul. That you may prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Now, now David often refers uh, to the, souls, uh, the soul in many of his psalms, and one such instance is Psalm 23, verse 3, where he says, he restores my soul, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, just as the physical body is described as the child in the house, the soul would be best described as the teenager in the house. How many of you have or have had teenagers in the house, right? Teenagers, you know, a lot of great qualities about teenagers, but teenagers uh, think they know it all. And so, likewise, your soul kind of thinks it knows everything. It knows more than your spirit. Your soul gets offended. It gets embarrassed. Uh, Your soul can become rebellious if your spirit does something that's not acceptable, if it's outside of its comfort zone. Your your soul gets uh, embarrassed. And so your soul, the teenager in the house, oftentimes it will rebel against the leadership and the authority of the spirit. Okay, sound familiar? The spirit is the essence of the person. The spirit is the real you. It is also, and very important to remember, your spirit is the God receptor. Your spirit is what receives information, wisdom, revelation from God. Your spirit was created by God to be the God receptor. This is the part of you that was created to connect and to be in relationship with God. The spirit is the new creation Paul talks about in the Bible. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 18, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is in relationship with Jesus, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Christ Jesus. So Paul's saying once you become born again, once you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, your spirit is fully alive. You are what, what Jesus would say, you're born again, you are complete, your spirit has been perfected. Your spirit is, is that new creation that no longer needs to be fixed. It only needs to grow, mature, and release. Now, just as the, the physical body is the child in the house, the soul is described as the teenager in the house, The spirit is described as the adult in the house. The spirit has access to information and knowledge that your body and soul can never access. This is why it's important to remember your spirit is the God receptor. Your spirit receives wisdom, revelation, counsel, guidance from God. 
Now, does the spirit is not deceived by strong feelings and desires. The spirit is rightly able to discern what is real and what is simply an illusion of the feelings and of the imagination. Now, you can feel both your body and your soul. Okay, if I were to come up to you and put my hand uh, on your shoulder, you would know that I touched you, okay? However, I can also touch your soul by the words that I speak to you. I can make you glad, I can make you sad, I can make you mad, I can hurt you uh, without laying a finger on your body. That, that's your soul. I'm able to touch you physically, I'm able to touch your soul. It's easy to know how you feel in your body and soul because oftentimes we're, we're always uh, in uh, touch with that. Right now, every one of you could tell me how your body feels, okay? You know if your adrenaline is pumping, if you're tired, if you're hurting, if you have a headache, uh, you know, is the shower, you know, the right temperature? In fact, you really don't have to think about it because your body is constantly feeding you that information. You can also check your soul and you can kind of have a sense of how you're doing in that area as well. Right now, you can tell if you're happy or sad. Are you mentally worn out or sharp as a tack? If you're angry or if you're excited. You'd even be aware of fear or depression uh, if it came because again, like your body, you're usually always in touch. It's, it's feeding you that information constantly. And like, we, like I said, David refers to feeling his own soul oftentimes in the Psalms. One such instance is Psalm 42, verse 11. He says, why are you so cast down or why are you so depressed, O my soul? And why are you so disquieted within me? Now, unlike the body and the soul, your spirit cannot be accessed in any natural way. Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 6, he says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And one of the things that Jesus is telling us there is that there is no direct connection between the two. Spirit is spirit and flesh is flesh. You simply cannot contact your spirit through your emotions or your physical body. Now, why is this important? Since the spiritual realm cannot be naturally seen or felt, the only way to accurately perceive spiritual truth or reality is through the word of God. It's where you simply take the word of God and you just begin to believe what it says. And again, Jesus confirms this in John chapter 6, verse 63, and he says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Again, your spirit is the God receptor. God's word reveals spiritual truth and reality. If you want to know what your spirit is like, the only way you can find that out is through the word of God. 
You can't go by emotion or some other type of perception. And that's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, he says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is spiritual, sight is physical, it's the body. So there you kind of have the three parts of the makeup of mankind, body, soul, and spirit. But here's the thing, you only have one chooser. And the problem many of us encounter in this life is that our chooser could go in one of three different directions. The body is tired. Maybe the soul has a really bad attitude. But the spirit is redeemed, loving, and serving God. The question, the most important question in this regard is this one. Which one will be in control? Which one's calling the shots? Is the child in charge? The physical body? Is the teenager, the soul, in charge and kind of running the show? Or is it the adult, the spirit, exercising authority and control over the child and the teenager? making choices in line, in unity, and in harmony with God's word. Again, you have to choose which one of those three are gonna be in control, calling the shots, and running your life. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, kind of throws down the gauntlet, and he says, choose you this day whom you will serve. He says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So you have one chooser, Three options, body, soul, and spirit. Paul says in Galatians chapter five, verse 25, he says, and that they that are Christ have crucified the flesh, that's the body, with the affections and lust, that's the soul. And he said, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Now, in order for you and I to walk and to live in the spirit, you have to make the choice that the adult, that the spirit is in charge. The spirit is leading. The spirit is in control. The spirit is, is the one that is in authority, not the body and not the soul, not the child and not the teenager. Now, in some homes, the children are running the house. In some places, the teenagers are kind of calling the shots. Mom and dad, they've kind of abdicated their authority and control over to the teenagers and the children, and the results are mayhem, confusion, chaos fill the home. And the same thing happens uh, spiritually when our, our spirit man has abdicated authority and control over to the body and the soul. And again, when we choose to walk and live according to the desires of the body and the soul, uh, again, there's going to be spiritual confusion, chaos, and mayhem. Now, let me just kind of give you some practical examples and applications of what I'm talking about here. Uh, several years ago, many years ago, I remember on a Sunday night, it was around 10, 15 p.m., 
I get a call that one of our members was in the emergency room and wanted me to come there and to pray with them. Now, let me kind of just give you a little bit of background and set this up. That particular Sunday for me was kind of a nonstop uh, day, and it started for me around 6 a.m. in the morning. I had just one thing after another, and I didn't get home that night until probably around uh, 9 p.m., and I was spent. I was exhausted. I went to bed about uh, 10, uh, 10 o'clock that night. Uh, it was so cold outside and I was just starting uh, to get warm under the covers when the phone call came. Now, I want you to, I'm just going to be honest here with you because I think this would be true of all of us in this room. Okay. Here's how my body reacted. Oh, I am so exhausted. I am so tired. I just want to go to sleep. I am finally just getting warm at the thought of going back out into the cold. I do not want to go. I want to just stay here where I'm warm and just go to sleep. That was my body. That was the child whining and complaining. Now, here's how my soul, the teenager, was reacting. Eh, my prayers probably aren't really going to make that much of a difference. And man, I just don't really feel particularly godly uh, right now. So, you know, God probably won't hear my prayers uh, anyway. And, and Lord, I've done so much for you already today. You know, let someone else do it. They've got chaplains uh, up at the hospital. Call one of them. That's the teenager. Rebellious. I don't want to do this. Now, here's how my spirit reacted. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do this and God will use me. So body and soul, be quiet. I'm getting out of this bed and I'm going to the hospital and you're both going with me. Three reactions, one choice. Now, I'll be honest with you, uh, the spirit man doesn't always win, but in this particular case, he did, okay? The spirit man took charge, took control, and took authority of the situation. And, and he took control over the body and the soul, brought them under subjection to the spirit man, and in that, God was honored and God's will was done. Now listen to Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Here's what Paul says. This I say then, walk in the spirit. Okay, that's the spirit man. Walk in that. And you will not fulfill the lust. Again, the desires of the flesh. That is, again, the body, the, the soul. For the flesh lust, it wars against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. The adult against the child, the child against the adult. And these are in opposition, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Now, the works of the body, the flesh, are manifest, which are these. Now, what Paul's setting up here is he's saying, when you choose to let the body, when you choose to let the child uh, be in control and in charge, he says, you can expect the following things to happen and to manifest. And Paul lists those in verse 19. He says, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, sensuality, idolatry, witchcraft, 
hatred, discord, jealousy, wrath, strife, dissensions, heresies, envying, murderers, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and such like of the which I tell you before as I have also told you in time past. They that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, Paul's saying this is the mayhem, this is the chaos, this is the confusion, this is the reality you can expect when the flesh, the body, is in control, calling the shots and ruling over and in opposition to the spirit man. And the way some people choose to respond to all of this is, again, with their teenager, with their soul. I don't care what you say. I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it, and you're not going to have anything to say about it. I don't have to listen to you. I know what I'm doing. I'm smarter than you. The Bible, it's, it's just written by a, a bunch of old, uptight men. You don't know what you're talking about. You're not going to boss me around. I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. Again, that's the soul. That is the teenager rebelling against the spirit man and usurping your spiritual authority. And again, the question is, where, where's the adult in the house? Paul continues on in Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the spirit, when the spirit man is in control, when the spirit is calling the shots. Paul says, but the fruit of the spirit this is what happens when, when the adult, the spirit man, is exercising authority over the lust of the body and the desires of the soul. He says, but the fruit of the spirit, that's love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Are you beginning to kind of see the enormous difference when the body and soul are in control versus the spirit man. Most of the sin and the ungodliness in our lives and in this world is the result of the child and the teenager in control of the house and not the adult, the spirit man. Paul puts it like this in 1 Corinthians 13, 11. He said, when I was a child, I spoke, I acted, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. In other words, Paul says the adult, the spirit man, when, when that raises up, when that, when that manifests itself over the body, over the child, over the soul, the teenager, Paul says it's then that we put that away and become a man. That's when the adult is running the house. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 there. He says, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols or commit adultery or male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. And he said, some of you were once like that. But he says, but you were clean. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Again, look at what Paul's saying there. 
He's talking about people who were once walking, living, indulging the sinful desires of the body and the soul. People who were allowing the child and the teenager to run the house. But at some point, Paul says, there were some of you that chose to dethrone the body and the soul and allowed their spirit man to rise up to take control and authority over the body, over the soul, over the child, over the teenager. And when they did that, they exercised their choice to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in doing so, allowing God to rule and reign within them. So again, how do you do that? The way to use and exercise your chooser is to voice your choice. Your chooser, again, another word for chooser is, is your will. Okay, that's always active. A choice not made is a choice decided. If you don't make a choice, then a choice will be made by default. There's no neutral ground here. It's important that you intentionally voice your choice to God. Now, I want you to beware with that, that some of the greatest enemies to the chooser, to the will, are passivity, deception, emotions, and ignorance. I want you to notice something very interesting. When Jesus Christ walked upon the earth, he was just like you and me only he did not have a sin nature. He was a man, had a body, had a soul, had a spirit. Now Jesus could have walked around during his ministry years and he could have said things like, hi, I'm Jesus, I'm six foot tall. I have dark hair, dark eyes. I weigh 165 pounds. I don't know if he did, I'm just giving that as an example. He could say, I'm a carpenter from Nazareth. I can fix broken chairs. I am the oldest of a large family, and my mother's name is Mary. Now, that's one of the ways that he could have presented himself. Instead, I want you to recognize how Jesus chose to have his identity rooted in his spirit man. He said things like, I am the son of God. I have come to take away the sins of the world. I have come to set the captives free. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now here's the question. What would have been different in Jesus' life if he had walked according to his body and soul identity instead of his spirit identity? What would have happened if Jesus had just abdicated the control and authority of his spirit man to the body and the soul? What is happening in your life? What is unfolding in your life today because you are choosing, and again, it's always a choice, your choice. What is happening in your life because you are choosing to walk according to your body and soul instead of your spirit man identity? When you choose to walk and live according to the desires of your flesh, the desires of your body and your soul instead of your spirit man identity, 
You can expect your life will eventually spin out of control. It's going to leave you empty, lost, and confused. As a matter of fact, you'll say things, you'll believe things that are contrary to God's word and God's plan for your life. That's why you'll hear people, and I, even Christians, there's nothing wrong with pornography. Getting drunk is no big deal. All drugs really should be legalized. A man can be a woman, and a woman can be a man. Again, that's the ignorance. That's the stupidity of the child, the body talking. That's the know-it-all attitude. That's the rebellion against authority. That's the teenager. That's the soul running the house. In cases like that, the spirit man needs to rise up take control over the body and the soul and choose whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, let your mind, your soul dwell on these. That's the spirit man. That's the spirit man rising up. That's the spirit man taking control over the child, over the teenager, the body, the soul. Or we could come into alignment with Job chapter 31, verse one. I have made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman. The child, the teenager, I can have sex with whomever I choose, whenever wherever. Again, that's walking, thinking, living, behaving like a reckless, selfish, out of control, don't know what's good for them, spoiled child. Those are not the actions of a mature spirit-filled adult. As a matter of fact, when the spirit man is control and he or she is rooted and living out of their identity, their spirit identity, then they would choose what 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 says, to flee sexual immorality, to flee youthful lust. Again, when the spirit man rises up and begins to voice its choice and to root its identity in what God's word says, which again is the ultimate reality, then what Paul says in Romans 8, 37, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. That's the outcome of when we begin to live and to root our lives, living out of our spirit man. Let me close with this. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Now get what it's doing here piercing even to the dividing in two of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, again, that's the body, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, what he's saying there is he's saying the word of God alone is able to accurately divide, distinguish, and identify those issues and areas of our lives where we're walking and living out of the flesh, out of the soul, and what we're living and walking out of in the spirit man. 
It is the only source that can help us discern whether the child, the teenager, or the adult is in control. It's the word of God. If you're a Christ follower, God the Father has given to you and I the same Holy Spirit he gave to Jesus over 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked upon this earth. And Jesus said we would do the same or greater things than he did because he would send his Holy Spirit to live in and through us. And through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, again, Jesus has given us his life, his nature, his power, his authority, and much more in our born again spirit. So let your spirit man rise up. Let your spirit man choose to speak the truth. Not body facts, not soul facts. We don't listen to the body. We don't listen to the teenager, but we listen to the spirit. We don't allow the the body, the soul to prevail. We allow the spirit to prevail. And in that, we will overcome. We will have victory uh, in our lives. This is kind of just the introduction of where I want to go for the next uh, couple of weeks. So let's just go ahead and stand together this morning as we just close in a word of prayer. Father, again, we just thank you for the reality, the truth of your word. We thank you that you have sent us your Holy Spirit and that it is your Holy Spirit that leads and guides each of us into all truth. And Father, this morning, the reality uh, is for each and every one of us here this morning that one of the three parts of us is in control this morning. And Father, this morning, we just uh, pray for those uh, of us that are, are allowing the body or the soul uh, to be in charge, to call the shots, to exercise authority. And Lord, we, if we see the fruit of that in our lives, it, it explains a lot. And yet, Lord, you don't just leave us with uh, that choice of one or the other. You've given us an alternative, and that is th- your Holy Spirit that is within our bodies, that our spirit has the potential, the power to contain your spirit. And as our body contains your spirit, we're able to begin to live, to think, to speak, and to act exactly like Jesus did because it was that same power, that same spirit in his body that allowed him to lead a life without sin. So Father, we just, we thank you this morning for this revelation We thank you for this understanding. Pray, Lord, that we would really take this to heart and that we would choose because, again, it is a choice and every one of us in this room this morning has a choice. Who are we gonna allow to be in control? This morning, Father, I just pray that you'll help each of us, Lord, to just lean more and more, to leverage more and more of our lives upon the power, the presence of your Holy Spirit in us. The greater is he that is in us than anything that is in the world. That God, we would begin to walk uh, and live according to the spirit, not the flesh, not the soul. And that Father, out of that, Lord, would come again the fruit of the spirit. Out of that would come victory 
And Father, we just again thank you this morning that, that Jesus led by example. He showed us what it is to live and to walk according to the Spirit. And Father, we look to him as our example. We also thank you, Lord, that you have given to us the same spirit you gave to him. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, that by that we'll have the same results as Jesus did. So Lord, again, just help us this morning uh, to recognize those areas, those places in our lives where we've allowed the child, the teenager, to be in control. And we thank you, Father, this morning that you give us again that choice that we can repent of that, Lord, and that we can choose to allow the spirit, we can uh, allow the adult in the house uh, to begin to exercise authority to rule and to reign uh, in our lives. And Father, again, we just uh, thank you for, again, helping us uh, to see what we need to see in this, Lord, to be able to apply what we need to apply. And we thank you, Father, that you are with us, uh, that you love us, Lord. And uh, we just, again, thank you for this opportunity uh, together in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're just gonna, Thanks for uh, listening. Again. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.